Want to talk about a new movie? Check. Want to talk about an older movie similar or related to that new movie? Check. That's what you can expect from Quality Check Podcast. It's a new podcast on the Studio DNA Network hosted by yours truly, Drew Douglas and Daniel Posey. Every other Tuesday, we'll talk about a new movie and an old movie to see how the film's quality holds up. Welcome, everybody, to episode 58 of Disney Plus Reviews. I'm Phil Souza, and I'm here with my good friend and co-host, Grant, Dr. Borgensen Youngsma. How's it going, Grant? Oh, wonderful. <laughs> uh, and we also have one of our favorite guests back on the show this week, Caitlin Moonwind Youngsma. How's it going, guys? Hello. Hello, Phil. Caitlin, we specifically wanted to have you on this episode uh, because of the subject matter, I don't know if we've mentioned this on previous episodes. I'm sure it's come up at some point, maybe when we were talking Hamilton or something, but uh, you are a music teacher. You do this for a living. That's correct, Phil. What, what grades do you teach? Well, I teach preschool all the way to eighth grade. Okay. So lots of different ages in there. And uh, yes. we're, the movie that we're talking about, you already know this as you saw the title, is the new Soul movie from Pixar. And it stars a music teacher. Uh, and in fact, a junior high, like middle school uh, yep. band teacher. And uh, so I, I knew obviously it was going to be Grant and I. And then we kind of played with the idea, oh, maybe okay, Caitlin will you know, jump on since she's going to watch the movie anyways. And then I started watching it and realized it's about a middle, middle school music teacher. And I was like, uh, we definitely need to have Caitlin on because I w- really want to get her thoughts on just how, how this movie struck her. So, yeah. So, yeah, we glad will be here, Phil. Yeah, good. I'm, I'm really glad you, you both could be on, obviously. Uh, Grant's, Grant is like, um, you know, professionally inclined to be here. He's required. Um, you know, he, he gets a, a salary. Uh, to yeah. Be oh, yeah. Um, but, you know, Caitlin, you just came on for free and we really appreciate it. So, yeah, you're welcome. If you're just joining us for this podcast, we are an unofficial Disney Plus podcast. Grant and I review the most popular stuff on Disney Plus every week and some stuff that's maybe not so popular. But this week obviously is definitely big. It's one of the biggest releases for Disney Plus all year. On Christmas Day, they released a new Pixar movie. And this is not like Onward, like it was back in in March where they released it to theaters like COVID was like just coming into the States back in, in March, right as Onward was releasing. It was really bad timing. They released that movie in theaters for like a month or so, and then they pulled it because all the theaters closed. And then they just like, just was like, oh crap, let's, you know, push it out to Disney Plus now. And so we got it like a month after. This is actually a different, totally different thing. They released it straight to Disney Plus and uh, they uh, charged nothing extra for it. If you just paid your $6.99, for the month you got to watch it it wasn't like the mulan thing back in september so we will have a deep discussion on that pretty much our whole episode is going to be about the new pixar movie soul um i'll say it now and probably remind you here in a little bit but it is going to be full full spoilers so um if you haven't seen the movie and 
you don't want to be spoiled on it. I mean, if you're not going to watch it, you know, you know, basically tune in for our review and then maybe we'll inspire you to watch it uh, or not, depending on how we felt about it. And, uh, but we will talk about all the spoilers in the movie. So just be aware of that. Um, but before we get into the movie, we'd like to have a little discussion on the news of the week. Uh, is It was Christmas this week. I don't know if you guys knew this, um, but <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, we need to talk about that first. Okay, we'll talk about Christmas first, and then we'll get into the news of the week, which basically is just what's coming up on, on Disney Plus in January. That was pretty much the only thing I could find that was interesting to talk about. But before we get to the news, I want to talk about Christmas. Um, you guys, I, I, I don't get on Facebook very often. But my wife does, and I got some text messages from you guys. Did you guys get anything Disney Plus related for Christmas this year? Um, Caitlin, did you? <laughs> yeah, I did. I got my very own Grogu. Is that how you say his name? I always say it wrong. No, you got it. Okay. Yeah, I got my very own Grogu. That talks. What? I didn't know it talked. Grant, have it talk for us. Yeah, we need to hear this thing. So this is a, what, is it a plush doll or like what is um, it? Well, it like its of? body is plush, but its head is like plastic. Okay. And it looks like real, like its legs move and everything. I'm looking at it now. We're on, on we're on Zoom recording this this uh, on video. Of course, this is an audio podcast, so you, you guys can't see what I'm seeing. But um, it is essentially life-size or uh, like full size, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Like it's the yeah. same size as the, the actual Grogu in the show. Can you hear that? I don't think so. Try it again. Put the mic right up to it. I heard little baby <laughs> sounds. I, I don't know if our listeners will be able to hear that or not, but it's literally like baby <laughs> sounds and laughing. Yeah. Well, I so mean, they... what else? What else are you can make him say? He doesn't talk on the show. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Pretty, le- really, pretty legit. That's really. And cool. it comes with its own little satchel thing to carry him in. Oh, I didn't know that. That's awesome. Yeah. So, okay, so, I mean, speak realistically for a second. What are you guys going to do with with this Grogu? It's a doll, essentially. I mean. Yeah. It's pretty much just like a collection <laughs> figure. Yeah, pretty much. Is this going to be on display, like, in your classroom? Or, like, what, what are you going to do with it? Yeah, I probably will take him to my classroom and display him for all the kids to see. Because there's a lot of fans of The Mandalorian at school. I'm I sure. saw a ton of, like, they have, like, Santa hats and shirts and all sorts of stuff yeah so and you got a puzzle yeah i also got a mandalorian puzzle cool what's the picture of it it's got mandalorian and grogu on it holding grogu yeah and he's in well he's in his little like hovercraft oh it's yeah that little pod thing his little pod thing Mm -hmm. (laughs) that's cool yeah and and then i got an ugly christmas sweater yeah, with oh, Grogu on it. Of Grogu, okay. I think I've seen that online, um, the one that you got. So. Yep. And it says, what does it say, Grant? Mary I Force don't. be with you. It says Mary Something Force like be that. with you. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah. Yep. Um, I also got a couple of Disney Plus related um, Star, uh, Star Wars. I guess Star Wars really, but uh, one of them is specifically Disney Plus. But um, I got a uh, an Ahsoka Tano t-shirt and it's not the Ahsoka from like the animated Clone Wars series. It's actually like Rosario Dawson on the t-shirt uh, holding her dual lightsabers. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it's basically from like episode five of, of uh, the Mandalorian. So 
That's awesome. Yes, this is Ahsoka Tano on it. And then I got just another, just a Star Wars t-shirt, which I guess is Disney, Disney, you know, kind of tangentially Disney Plus related, but uh, it's just like a Millennium Falcon uh, t-shirt. So sweet. So, yeah. So pretty good. Disney Plus is, I mean, Mandalorian obviously is huge and invading pop culture in a big way. And Disney Plus, I'm sure is, Disney in general is happy to make just tons of money off of merchandising right now. So I can't imagine how many Grogu's have been sold. For around Christmas, yeah. Well, I got the last one at Walmart, Phil. So yeah, and like but. we've been looking like for a Christmas an ornament. ornament. Yeah, I just wanted uh, an ornament of them, and I've been looking for like months, and they are sold out everywhere. I've called numerous stores. We've gone to numerous stores. Everywhere is sold out of them. Yeah, yeah. He Grogu is like this serious internet craze. It's it's a uh, it's pretty insane. Like yeah. You know, Yoda honestly was maybe the, the last Star Wars really big craze like this. So and people are selling those ornaments that are normally $7.98 for like 60 bucks on eBay. It's a racket. It's ridiculous. That's crazy. Yeah. Cool. Well, uh, Merry Christmas. I, I guess I should have said that at the top of the show. Uh, not just to you guys, but to our listeners. Thank you for listening to the show. And I know a lot of you listen every week. And um, you know, obviously we've been saying, you know get ready for Christmas, get ready for Christmas, but now it is actually here. And hopefully you got everything you wanted for Christmas and had a good time with family. I know, I know we did at our house and um, uh, Jordan got everything she wanted. My daughter got everything she wanted for Christmas. So she was very excited. Um, Speaking of getting everything we want for Christmas, let's talk about the news of the week, which is what's coming out next on Disney plus. Um, they do this every month. I I've seen like these articles mm-hmm. around for, I mean, many, many months, like maybe since the very, I, I'm sure they've been around since the very first days of Disney plus back in November of 20, 2019. But um, there uh, wasn't a whole lot in the way of news <laughs> this week. And so I found this article there's, I mean, I'm sure there's two dozen other articles that are just like this one. The one I found is on goodmorningamerica.com, but it's what's coming to Disney plus in January, 2021. I might, might put that in the show notes um, just so people can, can look at it for themselves, but uh, we won't go through everything on the list. I just kind of wanted to get your thoughts on the stuff that that's the most interest interesting to you so um and it's probably no surprise like i think most people know that if you're just subscribed that you know that disney plus is always adding new stuff um like every friday yeah. they dump a whole bunch of new stuff and not ever not all of it actually makes it to that landing page like when you first log into disney plus and you go to the home page and they've got that scrolling uh, you know wheel of 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 uh pictures at the top that's oh hey here's what's new on disney plus and so i thought we might kind of highlight some of the things that are coming out in january of 2021 and you know get you hyped up for another month of disney plus releases uh, some of these are older stuff that are just now coming to the service because you know so, uh, <clears throat> their agreement expired with netflix or hulu or something like that but um What's what's new? What's old? What what's what's uh, kind of exciting to you guys as you look through the list? Um, well, I I've seen Ferdinand, which that's a pretty funny animated movie. Um, I wouldn't say it's like my favorite movie of all time, but I feel like it's a good watch. Um, Mary Poppins Returns, seen that movie as well. Um, and that's pretty good too. Emily Blunt does a good job in that. Um, yeah, I still have not then, seen that movie, by the way. Yeah, 
I love it, the, the original movie, the original Mary Poppins. I watched like 25 times when I was growing up. Yeah, it's pretty good. Um, and then I know a lot of, I haven't personally seen this show, but I know a lot of people are excited that Dinosaurs is coming at yes. the end of the month. This is which, a, that's a big deal. Yeah. For some people. I mean, that was a huge 90s show for Disney. So I now know guys, a lot of people are, are excited about that. You guys are too young to remember dinosaurs, probably, I'm guessing. Yeah. Never heard I mean, of it. I, I know what the show is, but I've never seen it before. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, it would have been like in reruns by the time you guys were kids. Um, yeah. It, it originally aired in 1990 and went to 1994. It ran for four seasons. And I watched it in real time as it came out i was i was i was probably 11 uh depending on what time of year i i'm assuming it came out in the fall of 1990 yeah. which i would have been 11 and i ran until i was 15 so i was kind of like that that perfect if i remember correctly i think it was maybe on uh tgif possibly um yeah i think you're right about that okay that's what i remember at least where it was right after tgif i don't i, I remember it being a show that my parents, my parents uh, raised us pretty strictly. Like they controlled pretty heavily what we watched. And uh, I remember there being like a real discussion of like, are we going to allow our kids to watch the show? Because mm-hmm. um, I don't, I don't remember if it was related to the Simpsons um, or, or not. Like if it was the same showrunners or whatever, but it was, um, it was definitely like geared towards the Simpsons audience. Like the Simpsons had, had kind of struck gold in that previous year, a couple of years before that. And um, when, when dinosaurs released, it was kind of that edgy family comedy that was a little irreverent. And yeah. And I think it aired late at night. Like I want to say it didn't come on until like eight or nine o'clock at night. And so it was one of those things where like, they weren't sure if I was going to be allowed to watch it. And then I think eventually they said, yeah, you can see it. I think they watched the first couple episodes without us. And then we watched it after that. But um, it was an original like Jim Henson thing where it was way, way ahead of its time where like everyone, everyone that's in the, in the show is in a suit, like in a dinosaur suit. If you don't know what yeah. we're talking about, you need to like Google <laughs> what the show is. Cause it's very, it's fascinating to watch screenshots of it now. Yeah. And then, of course, WandaVision yeah. is probably, I mean, it's definitely the highlight of the month. Um, and, yeah. Um, wow, that show looks dumb. I'd never seen it before. I just <laughs> looked it up. I, so all four seasons, they're dropping all four seasons of that show on January 29th. I never thought I would ever see that show on streaming service. I, it probably has been on something before, but I, I'm not aware of it. And I certainly never thought it would come to Disney+. Plus. So when I saw that announcement a few weeks ago, I was like, no way. Um, yeah. But yeah, all four seasons dropping on at the end of the month next month. So um, I think... It, I think my guess, here's my guess. I've not watched it in 20 years, m- minimum. I Probably more than that. And um, I, my guess is that it does not hold up well, just the comedy of it. So honestly, I think the puppetry probably does hold up because like the puppetry is not, it was really cutting edge for its time, like what it was doing. And we're not doing a whole lot better than that in, in puppetry now. So I, I think honestly, it probably does hold up the visual of it, but the comedy and like, the jokes and stuff that they're making, it's going to be really early 90s stuff. And it probably, a lot of it probably isn't going to land. Yeah. Caitlin, anything uh, that hasn't, that Grant hasn't already mentioned that you're excited about? Well, he pretty much took most of mine, but um, 
I there was one. Oh, Mr. Popper's Penguins. That movie's entertaining. <laughs> and um, Ramona and Beezus. I like that movie. Have you ever heard, heard of that movie, Phil? Uh-uh. No. What, what is it, it was a it was a book that I read as a kid. It's about like two sisters. Okay. It has Selena it has Selena Gomez in it. Okay. Did, so but it's did, pretty good. Did you watch the movie then? Yeah, I've seen it before. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's based on a book by Beverly Cleary. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's it's a good book. I know that name for sure. So, okay. Yeah. Cool. Yep. Yeah, so some pretty pretty cool stuff, some old stuff including stuff from the early 90s and uh The Wolverine is another one that's um it's a 2013 uh, sequel to um, X-Men Origins Wolverine, which I yeah. think a lot of X-Men fans are like, that's the name, the movie that we, that shall not be named, you know, but uh, I remember the Wolverine, the sequel 2013 being uh, pretty good. Um, so. Um, yeah, so yeah. I've that, only seen it once and that was in theaters. So yeah. So I guess some, some dates, if you're not looking at the article um, January 1st, next, by the time we were, as we record this next weekend is uh Horton Hears a Who, uh, Mr. Popper's Penguins, The Wolverine. Um, January 8th is Ferdinand's, um, which was, they were talking about. And I might mention Toy Story That Time Forgot, which is a 22-minute short film from Pixar. It's it's all the same actors. Uh, it's, a, it's a legit production of Toy Story, uh, just a short film. Um, I watched this for the first time over Thanksgiving week because they, they actually played it for free on like... A, probably ABC. Uh, it was on one of the, the network stations and it's good. Like it's, it's like with commercials, it was a 30 minute uh, show and it, it was really good. It, it basically, f- it follows the, um, uh, the Triceratops character, Trixie, I think is her name. And yep. um, how they uh, go to this um, kids, this other kid's house. So it's, it's uh, Oh, the girl. Um, Bonnie. Bonnie, um, Bonnie goes over to a friend's house, brings her toys with her, and they go on to the, into this whole um, crazy thing. So um, hmm. uh, it's it's really good. So I ha- highly recommend that. I didn't realize that that wasn't on Disney Plus. I watched it on on just network television. So it's finally coming to Disney Plus on January eighth, and then uh, January fifteenth. Obviously, I think January fifteenth is definitely the biggest day of the month. That's that's when you get. Mary Poppins Returns, uh, Elena of Avalor, I might mention, season three. I know uh, my daughter Jordan's very excited about season three finally dropping. Uh, WandaVision. Uh, and then Isle of Dogs. It sounds like I Love Dogs, but it's Isle of Dogs, um, which is a Wes Anderson film that I didn't even know that Disney had the rights to. I guess that's a 20th Century Fox uh, acquisition, mm-hmm. I'm guessing. But um, that comes out on January 15th. And then... Um, not much on the 22nd, uh, but then the 29th is when Dinosaurs drops. So, in Ramona. Yeah. And, the, yeah, it should be a good month. Um, and just one other thing for yeah. newsworthy from me is um, Caitlin's actually one that saw this article. So, I'm not really sure if it's legit, but um, they're supposedly having a baby Yoda a spinoff in the works now too oh really wow probably a lie yeah so i would that sounds like rumored i saw it on i saw it on facebook so who knows yeah yeah the only i i I thought about mentioning another rumor that i heard which is that um some website out there claiming that they have the exclusive that 
like a, a Luke Skywalker series is coming, like a young Luke Skywalker. Um, but I don't know. I, I'm, I'm sure they're probably talking about that, but until it's, until it's confirmed, it's kind of like, yeah, there's not much to say, but um, so, so that would be cool, I guess. Yeah. Either be, of those. I'd be down with, um, I don't know what that show would be like I, if it would be like a younger Grogu in training, like, uh, you know, like yeah. on Coruscant or something. I don't know. Well, if he's not going to be in the Mandalorian anymore, like it should show like what happens to him from like that point on. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know how you do that without also showing another major character, which I guess we probably should have said spoilers at the top before <laughs> discussing all this, but like, I mean, there's a, a Jedi character that like is going to train him. So like, I, I don't know. I don't know if those shows are maybe the same show <laughs> or what. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway. So yeah. Interesting. Um, I know, like, I'm sure there's going to be a ton of, like, I, I was talking to Jessica, my wife, the other day about all the Star Wars announcements. She's, she's like, so what's the next Star Wars show? And I was like, I don't think we know. Like, I mean, may- maybe the next show is Mandalorian, but that doesn't drop until Christmas of next year. Like, mm-hmm. I, I'm hoping that there's something next in 2021, but they haven't announced anything. So I, yeah. I think a, lo- a lot of that is COVID. Like, they just don't know. They can't promise stuff very easily right now. So Yeah, yeah. I think... I think 2021 uh, will be the year of Marvel for Disney Plus. Yeah, I think you're right. Which I mean, we had a nice break from Marvel, so yeah, we're ready for it. Oh yeah, they've got some catch up to do after last year. So, um, or this year, I guess, as it is still technically 2020. So yeah, cool. Um, Well that's i think a a pretty good news story for the week is just to kind of talk about what we're excited about that's coming out soon january 15th obviously is the big day Uh, not just because of wandavision but just some really big titles coming out that day so so yeah stay tuned for that um okay well let's get into soul um if we could do like some quick like non-spoiler talk on it um i here's one question i want to do and i think we can answer this in a non-spoiler spoilery way but um is this movie for kids like if someone is no. listening to this and, and they're thinking, you know, is this something I should watch with my kids? Is it a, a appropriate for kids? Or and then I think another question is, will kids enjoy it? Is kind of a, maybe a, a second question. But what do you guys think? Well, I would say a, it is appropriate for kids, but b, I do not think kids will enjoy it. It is very deep. Yeah. What do you what do you think, Aileen? Are you kind of in the same? I agree. I don't like. I think it's appropriate for kids, but I don't think they're going to understand a lot of like the meaning and stuff behind it. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I think I agree. We we. Uh, I can actually say that I watched this with a kid. Uh, so it was uh, all three of us: me, my wife, and our four year old uh, Jordan. She's four and a half. She was pretty in for the and i'm gonna say this without spoilers but like the first half of the movie or first third of the movie there's a major turning point in the movie where the the movie changes setting like dramatically and from that point on she was pretty checked out um she went when there's a, a a big moment where a character you know moves from one location to another uh, about halfway mm-hmm. through the film, she's she was pretty much out at that point. She liked yeah. the the fancifulness of the first half of the movie, 
but once the movie got like just everyday life grounded she was pretty out um and she started playing with her toys she started uh drawing on a tablet that she has like she was just kind of almost like just kind of listening to the movie but not really involved not really engaged with it um there's a movie another movie that we watched this week that i'll talk about at the end of the show when we do what else have you been watching on disney plus that she could not take her eyes off of and this was not that movie for her she was uh found herself not really enjoying it um especially the second half of the movie which the second half of the movie is when it came alive for me um, i was the most yeah. yeah i agree with that the first half i was kind of like eh. <laughs> and so, then yeah. i feel like it got better yeah so she flip-flopped on us like the st- the part that was most interesting to us adults was the least interesting for her so um if you're listening to this and you haven't seen the movie and you're kind of wondering like oh you know should i you know wait to watch this with, with my kids i would say maybe not uh you know your kids i think won't won't have a bad time with it and it's certainly you know something new that they haven't seen before on the service but I don't know that they're going to, especially the younger that they are, like if they're under the age of like seven or eight, I would almost yeah. say, I would almost say, don't even try to show it to them. Um, and if they're older, like, you know, preteen or in early teens and stuff like that, I think they might like it. But again, I think a lot of this stuff is real, only going to really impact adults. Yeah. Um, I haven't seen this movie, but I've heard the movie Inside Out is also really deep. Yeah, And I feel like there will be quite a few like comparisons drawn to that movie Yeah, along with this one. Yeah. When we get into spoilers, I'll, I'll definitely share some of my thoughts on inside out versus this movie. Cause I, I think they're very, very similar. I'll, although I was, I will coming back to the original question. I will say that inside out is much more friendly to kids. I, I think kids, okay. like Jordan, Jordan was riveted by inside out from beginning to end. And I think, I think it's because it kept, that movie kept in the in the fanciful world the entire time, and that's what kept her her attention. When Soul left the fanciful world, um, yeah, kind of talking around spoilers here, then that's when it she it lost her. Um, she was gone at mm-hmm. that point. So yeah, so um, I think I think it's a very interesting movie to watch, but I think I don't know that kids are going to be particularly interested. So yeah, and so, that I mean it's interesting. Um, which we'll get into this more, I'm sure. But it's interesting why it is an animated movie. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I want to have a, a deep discussion about that, about did, did this need to be animated? Um, could it have been done? Uh, maybe not. I, maybe animated is the best form factor for, for this kind of thing, especially given the, the first third of the movie. Um, yeah. But uh, I don't know. It, it's it, It'll definitely be a fun discussion to have. So, um, at this point, we're going to go into spoiler territory. So uh, again, if you if you don't want to be spoiled, hit pause and then come back and, and listen to it after you've actually had a chance to watch the movie. So uh, going into spoiler territory now. Um, here's where I want to start, guys. And I, I know it's kind of weird to start at the end, but I want to, because I, I think this is a a very, very deep movie. And I think that the the discussion of like the individual things that happen in the movie I think are going to be colored by what we think this movie is about. So I want to, mm-hmm. I want to start there. Um, talk about the ending, talk about whatever you, you guys want in the second half of the film. This is full spoilers, but um, what here's a, like kind of a, I'll say the question two different ways. What do you think this movie is about or what do you think are like, the, is like the theme or like, what do you want think the movie wants you to learn 
um, having watched this movie. What, what are you guys' thoughts? Why don't you go first, Caitlin? Well, I think a lot of it is like, what is the meaning of life? Like, what is our purpose? Um, and like, like enjoying like the little things about life, like not taking those for granted is kind of the main thing I got for like the overlaying theme. Yeah, yeah I, I would agree with that. Um, especially with the character 22. It's all about with her. Um, I would say it's all about enjoying the little things in life. And I feel like um, the main character, um, I feel like he kind of forgot about the little things. And um, I feel like 22 gave him a newfound appreciation or or perspective of the little things in life and appreciating those. Yeah, I love the, I don't know what you call those little, um, that leaf or whatever that fell off the tree. Oh, he, yeah. What's, I don't know what that is. I've seen them. Like, I've been yeah. on the East Coast and seen those little things. But, like, yeah. Um, anyway, like, he, that little thing, that, that little leaf or whatever that he hands her, it's, like, that has such meaning to her because she's, like, she's never seen anything like that before in her life. Um, yeah. And he, he's seen two million of those things in his lifetime and it's just yeah. like they're nothing it's like the stuff that he walks on 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 the way to get to where he's going and and yeah it's it's the stopping to pause and being chi- almost like a child uh as an adult like keeping that child like wonder um i think is a big part of it uh-huh. um I, I love the the la- one of the last couple lines in the movie is they're asking joe gardner the the main character how are you going to spend your life and he says I'm not sure, but I do know I'm going to live every minute of it. And, yeah. and it, it's, I'm kind of duplicating what you guys have already said, but it's, it's like seizing every moment and making every moment count and, and enjoying life outside of what you do for your job or like what your purpose is. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. like a music teacher could say, my purpose is in life is to inspire kids to make music or, you know, the purpose of a banker is to, to help people buy their first home or to, you know, to enable a family to, to do something that they never thought possible because they could get a loan from the bank or whatever. Like th- those are your purposes in life. Right. But they kept coming back to this idea of a spark and like the spark isn't, they said like outright, your spark is not your purpose. It's that thing mm-hmm. that makes you ready to come alive, like that come and live. Um, and that's what, the, you know, these, these new souls are are waiting for is like what's the thing that actually makes them say yes i want to live um you know this is this is what what gets me excited and it's and it's complete maybe completely divorced from your purpose like what you want to do with your life um yeah so interesting it's hard to quantify like and i think that's where kids get lost in this movie is like it's it's not it's not this tangible like there's all in every kids movie there's a MacGuffin. there's like you know that we have to find the the gem of you know, whatever it, it's in this cave. And if, if we can get to this cave and get this gem, then it will solve all of our problems. It's like this mm-hmm. concrete in this movie. It's very abstract. So um, have you guys seen, I'm, I'm, I'm sure Caitlin probably has. Have you guys seen Mr. Holland's opus? Yes. Have you seen it Grant? I have not. Okay. I've heard of it, but I have not seen it. It's a really good movie. Yeah. It's fantastic. Um, not a Disney movie. I think, is it? I should have looked at that. It feels like it could be. A, a, it might be. Yeah. 
I wonder if, if it is, I wonder if it's on Disney plus. Um, let me look at, look at it up real quick. Um, Mr. Holland's Opus came out in 1995. Um, so you guys were very, very young. I'm, Caitlin, I'm assuming you watched it on video much, much later after it came out. Um, yeah. It's a Richard Dreyfuss film. He's a high school music teacher who um, is like also a composer. Like he, he like wants to, he dreams of being like this grand, this great composer and um, ends up just kind of throwing, not throwing his life away, but like, that sounds bad, but like he, he throws his, his, all of his energy into teaching and it never really gets the chance to actually compose that, like that great um, opus, like, you know, this massive work um, that defines your career type of thing, the symphony, you know, that he wants to make. And so, um, and then he gets to the end of his life and he's like 60 or whatever, and he's retired and realizes that, it wasn't about the opus that it was about the, all these lives that he changed. And, you know, it's a very emotional ending at the end when he sees all these students that he's taught over, you know, 35 years or whatever. And um, I feel like there's a lot of parallel to uh, that movie to this one, which is like, you know, teaching, you know, uh, Joe Gardner always saw music teaching, like teaching music at a middle school part-time, you know, at that as a means to an end it's it's what pays the bills right um but what Mm -hmm. he really wants to do is play music in a jazz club and throughout the entire movie it's like okay when i was just you know going to a job and paying the bills i was missing out on like i'm actually changing lives i'm actually making a difference i'm actually living my life there at that school Um, Uh i think it it kind of reminded me of mr holland's opus a little bit i'm pretty sure it's on disney plus by the way Oh really? Okay. It yeah, definitely. If it is, look for it um, and check it out because that that movie is is really really good, and I haven't seen it in a long time. This movie made me want to rewatch it though um, when I got to the end of it. Yeah. Um, here's another question I want to I want to talk about. It's another end of the movie question, and then we'll get we'll get into the actual meats of the movie. But um, how do you think Joe Gardner? The movie is very open-ended at the end. Um, it, yeah, I don't. I didn't like the ending. I di- I didn't care for it either. Uh, I, I'm glad. I'm glad you guys agree. I, um, I'm assuming you agree, Grant, since you kind of. Oh yeah, I did. <laughs> I did not enjoy the ending. I was just kind of like, "What? It's over." Yeah. Like that was literally my reaction. Yeah, I didn't care for it either. Um, I I think other people will will enjoy the open-endedness of it. Um, it's kind of that Inception spinning top, uh, ending, so to speak, but. Uh, I did not enjoy it in this movie. I did enjoy it in Inception, but I, I didn't think it worked here. Um, I think I wanted, I did want to know like wh- how he was going to spend his life after that. Even yeah. for like, I'm not saying the movie is already an hour and 40 minutes at this point. I'm not talking about another half hour. I'm just talking about like five minutes um, at the end. Show me a montage, show me something really quick and then go to credits. But like, show me how he was going to spend his life after he's learned everything that he's learned. So what how how would it, how did you guys fill in that gap in your minds like what what did you ex, what are you like guessing that he would do after all of this i i think he definitely probably accepted the full-time job as the Teaching. band teacher yeah. Mm. yeah i definitely think he did that because like i mean even when he had played like his gig with this famous jazz musician he was kind of like you know he kind of said well it didn't even feel like how I thought it was going to feel. So even though he had kind of like accomplished and made it to his dream, he still kind of felt like, you know, something was missing. Mm. So I definitely think that he went, he was teaching, went back to teaching. 
Cause yeah. I think it, he kind of realized through all this that like you were saying, like, Oh wow, I am making a difference in the lives of these kids, you know, and that's a big deal. Yeah. So, yeah, I think I, I almost wonder if they had that ending and then they just ended up cutting it from the film or something like that. Uh, and maybe wanted to keep it yeah. more open-ended, but um, yeah. Cause at the end I, I looked over at Jessica after we finished watching it and I was like, so did he, did he go, is he going to go back to gigging? Like, is he going to keep like playing with his bands? And she, she's like, I don't know. Like they kind of leave that open to interpretation. <laughs> and I was like, I, yeah. feel like, I feel like he could have, like he could have done both. Right. Like he could have said, I'm going to take teaching seriously. Cause he's not really taking it that seriously at the beginning of the film. Yeah. And, and, and that's going to be, you know, something I live every moment of, but I'm also like, gonna just enjoy the moment of playing like i've worked my whole life to get up to this point and i thought it was going to be surreal a surreal experience and it wasn't like it was fun but it like when i I love that scene when he like leaves the club with dorothea and says like oh you know so what's next what's the next step of of playing and she's like uh we just come back tomorrow night and just play again like that's yeah that's what we do every night we just play and uh he was like oh like he thought there was going to be something more than that. And it's like, no, there's so one, when, when another theme that Jessica pulled out that I, I hadn't really thought of too much about was she talked about the monotony of life is in everything. So like um, whether you are a touring musician, you know, you're, you're the Beatles, you're queen, you're mm-hmm. Michael Jackson. It doesn't matter. Even those people have monotony. Like they still have to get up every day. They still have to take a shower every day. They still have to put their clothes on every day. They still eat breakfast every day. They still eat lunch every day. They still get on the phone every day. Like they have to do these certain tasks every day. And it's not like you can ever do anything with your life. That's not going to have some kind of repetition. That's what it is. is It's repetition. And the, I felt like the movie, what Jessica was explaining to me is she's like, I feel like the movie is trying to say repetition isn't the death of your passion, your purpose. It is, it is, it's up to you to find life in the, in the repetition, like in the stuff that you see and do every single day of your life. Um, you know, finding life and finding enjoyment of life in the midst of the repetition. And when, when he found out that it was just a repetitive thing, like we just play this club every night, that's what we do. Um, he was just like, Oh, like I, I was hoping it would be less repetitive than that. And she's like, no, like, she, and she tells the story about this fish and the ocean, whatever. It's like, you can find your ocean wherever you are. You don't have to, mm-hmm. you know, always be looking for the next thing. So, yeah, interesting. Well, I think what upset me more than finding out what he did is I wanted to know what happened to 22. Yes. Because you don't even, like, know, like, what does she look like? What kind of life is she going to live, like, you know, like you don't really know anything about her either. So that was, I think that was more upsetting to me than knowing about Joe. Yeah. Yeah. I would agree with that. And like, are they going to meet on earth? Like, (laughs) are they going to see each other again? Like, you know, that kind of stuff. Yeah. We needed closure. Even if it would have came at like an end of credit scene. Yeah. I thought maybe there was like an end of the credit scene. So like we scrolled to the end to see, and then there was like, the guy saying, what did he say? Jerry? Time. No, it was Terry. <laughs> oh, Time Terry. to leave. Yeah, the movie's over. And I was like, seriously? Oh, that was it. I didn't stay for after the credits. So it's just. Yeah, we different. like we scrolled ahead and because I was like, well, maybe there's more at the end. But 
Yeah, Jessica also mentioned that. She said, you know, um, I wonder if like 22 ends up becoming, you know, he has no idea who 22 is or if she's even a New York New Yorker, like that she could be born in like Africa. But like, it'd be kind of yeah. cool if she was like born in New York and, you know, 12 years from now ends up becoming a student in his class, you know? Yeah, yeah that'd um, be cool. Yeah. So but I, again, I, I don't think that they were really interested in covering that at the end, which is kind of weird to me. Yeah. But um, so uh I want to talk kind of broadly about the movie and, you know, and we can get into some specifics, I guess, but um, uh, let's talk, let's talk about like uh, visuals, um, you know, like the actual graphics of the movie, um, the audio. I I thought the music was fantastic in this movie, like really good jazz um, stuff. Um, uh, Did you guys like, I know it's simple, but like, were you guys captivated by like the black and white stuff that they did at the beginning of the movie? he like he so he dies and he goes to this road to heaven like he's not quite in heaven or or uh, the great beyond i think is what they call it and yeah. he falls through the you know he jumps off of the off of the road and then he goes into, like <laughs> he falls into like black and white like this like middle you know level and then like descends through the black and white into full color and i was like this is gorgeous like it looks so beautiful to me all the colors yeah just the the color palette of the movie and i think how everything's like shimmery and shiny and like when they're in like what did they call it the uh the u seminar the U yeah the u seminar um like i thought that looked absolutely beautiful like how how it all it looked like you would expect like a you know a, a heaven or you know the area you know bef- before kids become kids you know yeah um to me so i thought it looked gorgeous what would you guys what do you guys think about like just the overall look and feel of the movie? Um, I I thought uh, the U seminar was very interesting. Um, it uh, like we've talked about already, it kind of started out like slow for me, mm. and I was just like, if this is going to be what this whole movie is, it's probably going to be a one one timer for me. But uh, then as soon as he got to like the mentorship program. It was just like, okay, I enjoy this movie. <laughs> this movie's making me laugh. And um, that's where it really took off for me. I loved the whole uh, Dr. Bjorn Borgensen thing. <laughs> like, yeah, that was funny. He, like, he, he definitely wasn't supposed to be there. He snuck into the room basically. And when they're like calling names, wherever I was like, how's he how's he actually going to pull this off and then they were like dr bjorn borgensen dr bjorn borgensen and like nobody ever responds he's like yeah i'm here me when he jumps up there and then like they like all the characters think he's like legitimately dr borgensen for the rest of the movie um i thought that was pretty clever yeah Uh, that was funny i thought it was cool how 22 like has like the the person that they the new soul that they they call before her is like you know 10 billion 365 million whatever the number is and then they call 22 out and i was like 22 like what is this what's yeah. going that's on that's random yeah she's been around for like millennia and it has had mentors like gandhi and mother, mother Teresa, <laughs> abe lincoln yeah uh who she said is not very honest um yeah yeah that was like one of the funniest part where she's like jackson's on the <laughs> on the 20 or whatever and he was just like what because <laughs> she was like do you feel cheap being on the penny 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's like, what? Um, uh, Copernicus, Muhammad Ali, um, all, yeah. all, all these guys have like failed to like inspire her. Um, you know, some of the greatest mentors of all time, um, you know, couldn't even get 22 to get it. That was probably life. one of the funniest parts of <laughs> the early movie for me was going through all of 22's mentors. Yeah. And just seeing them like epically fail with 22. Yeah. I, I'm with you until, until the mentorship thing, they, I think the, the that part from the time that he landed in the youth seminar to actually getting the mentorship thing set up was probably about a 10 minute section. And I, mm-hmm. I felt like that movie, that part was way too long. Like it's, it's a yeah. time to get to get to that part. But, um, but yeah, it, it, I think it really raced up at that point. And Tina Fey is so good. Like, I, mm-hmm. I can't believe how awesome she is in, in this character. She's very, very versatile, has like a huge dynamic acting range. Um, I, I think she's phenomenal as 22. And Jamie Foxx is obviously, I mean, it's it's like, you know, almost a, you know, moot to even say this at this point because he's so such an accomplished actor. But Jamie Foxx is is Joe Gardner absolutely kills it. The 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 duo of those two characters obviously make this whole film. Yeah, it was excellent. They both did a phenomenal job. Um, I liked the Jerry and Ter- the Jerry's and the Terry. Um, yeah, they're all called Jerry, and then we have Terry, the time guy, <laughs> the accountant. Yes. Yeah. And I thought his his character was actually kind of cool. Like I thought he was going to be, um, you know, maybe kind of lame. But I think they had him in just just enough of the movie. Like he wasn't he was never going to be this fully fleshed out backstory character. Like he was always going to yeah. be just the, the 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 you have to have a an 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 enemy in a clock, right? Like you know, time is ticking. We got to get this figured out. Um, and he's that character. But um, he was like legitimately funny and. Um, you know, very by the books and by the numbers and, you know, we got to yeah. you know, make sure everything's exactly right. Um, I, I thought his character was actually kind of, kind of cool. Yeah. And then him with his abacus, that was just pretty funny. <laughs> yeah. Um, let's see. And then we got into like the hall of everything, um, which is basically like an area where you just try things out um, to see what you like, like what's going to inspire you to, to live. Yeah you kind of get the impression that most of these new souls are going into life willingly and like are, are super excited um, to start. And she's like completely like beyond apathetic. She's actually like angry at the whole process mm-hmm. at this point. Yeah. She's kind of fed up with the whole thing where she's just kind of like, whatever. Yeah. So here's, here's my, my major, my most major gripe about the movie. I, overall, I liked this movie, um, but um there's a lot of exposition and a lot of details that in some of the, some of which they they are forced to explain early because they want to it's a payoff later in the movie but um i got lost i kind of got lost a little bit in all of the details of this section like um they go to the zone uh which is where like people um artists and sports players and stuff like that i i i knew i thought about grant uh when they talked about the knicks yeah, that, I I laughed really loud when that part happened. Because <laughs> um, like twenty two likes to go like sneak into the zone and knock people off of their game. Uh, like the yeah, game. so I thought that was pretty funny. He missed his mm. dunk. <laughs> so, but they had to explain like like what is the zone? Like you know when people are in the zone, this this is where they go to like this you know level of heaven almost. 
um, lower level of heaven. And then, then they have the lost souls section. They have to explain the whole lost souls. And I was just like, where's this going? Like, are we going somewhere with all this information? Mm-hmm. Like I, and I felt like Jordan was starting to slip a little bit too. Cause they were just dumping like line after line and detail after detail, information after information constantly for about 15 minutes straight. And I, like, I saw even Jordan kind of slipping a little bit, like what, what is going on here? So yeah. and there weren't a lot of laughs to carry you through it. It was uh, that, that part of the movie was kind of dry for me. So, yeah. Yeah. I would agree with that. Um, Caitlin, what'd you think about the um, uh, lost souls and moon winds and um, like the ship that they're like piloting through this area. And it was weird to me. Like, I, I don't know. It was weird. <laughs> what'd you think? I didn't think, uh, Moonwind, I guess Moonwind is what they called him. Um, I thought his, yeah. character, his character was pretty funny. Yeah, how he was the sign spitter. <laughs> He's in the zone. Yeah, that was funny. Yeah, that was really funny. Yeah, it was all really weird. And then, like, I mean, he had those people with him, like, but they, like, I don't know, like, you met him once and then it was like you never really saw him again. And I don't know. It was interesting. I feel like I didn't really, go ahead. I didn't really get it. I didn't really get it. <laughs> yeah. It, I feel like there's some information in here that we needed. Like we need, we definitely needed to get introduced to Moonwinds, or else you can't save the day later. Right. Yeah. But, yeah. But like, but I, I feel like there's a lot of fat that could have been trimmed in this section. And I think, I think it's, um, I, I did, I, I, you know, went into the movie having, I didn't read any reviews going into it. Cause I wanted to formulate my own opinion, but I did read a couple of reviews after the fact and like one of the reviews I was reading was, was mostly positive like me, but was also saying the movie felt muddled to them. Like there's just a lot of mud in the middle of the movie. That's like, like I felt like maybe a third of the information that we got in these scenes we ever needed. Like we didn't need a lot yeah. of it and mm-hmm. how I feel like the movie could have been a lot slimmer on the details um, with this uh-huh. kind of stuff. So yeah, it's not necessarily bad if it's serves some kind of purpose like humor or uh to get you to think about something and some of it did make me think but but that it didn't let me think very long about it it just went right on to the next oh think about this now and i I didn't get to dwell on anything even if it was like for that purpose so um yeah and pretty much the only reason that we needed to know about the lost souls i guess was because 22 became a lost soul at the end but like i don't know it was like what is happening like (laughs) yeah there were i mean yeah i feel like we could have done without the lost soul part or um it needed to be covered more probably yeah Um, i i almost wonder if they could they could have introduced the lost soul at the end of the movie like right when you needed the information kind of give you like a very quick exposition oh this is what a lost soul is um Mm -hmm. i know like movies want to do this like foreshadow and then pay off type of thing, but they had already done that with the, um, uh, with the zone thing that I felt like doing both of them yeah. as a foreshadow, I think was just too much, too, too much, much exposition. Yeah. At the beginning. Um, I feel like they really could have covered the lost soul thing at the very end. Like when 22 yeah. was the lost soul, they were like, like, Oh no, she's become a lost soul. And then he goes, wait, what's that? What's a lost soul? You know, like, and then they explain it really quick to him or something. I don't know. I, I felt like it was a lot at the beginning. Yeah. So, well, yeah, that was definitely the part that I was kind of like, uh, this is weird. What is happening? <laughs> and I think I didn't really like start like really like being like, okay. Um, until they like came to earth. Yeah. 
Because, like, I thought it was really entertaining. Because at first, like, when they were falling, I was like, oh, she's going to be the cat. And then when they, like, when she <laughs> went into his body, I was like, okay, this is going to be great. Okay, so this- And then, this- like, him being the cat. Yeah, that moment when when I when I, I was like, okay, they're, they're freaky Friday in this. Like, I, yeah. I I was like, okay, I'm in now. Like that. Okay, yeah, yeah. got me. Like that was. Yeah, my attention was kind of in and out, honestly, up until yeah. this point. That's um, how I was too. Yeah, when they drop down to Earth. I mean, we're like 30 minutes into the film at this point, but like when they drop down to Earth and it's you know Freaky Friday, like he's in this cat's body and, and having quite literally an out of body experience. Um, I was like okay you got me film like now now i'm on board i'm on the train and let's go like like let's do this i want to see what how this how this uh, plays out so uh that's when the movie got really interesting to me this is also yeah. the moment that i referred to earlier where jordan uh was out i'm out <laughs> so she yeah. thought was, she thought it was funny to watch him talk as a cat and she mm-hmm. she, she laughed when the cat was like trying to speak english and it was just coming out of his view like, <laughs> yeah and so she laughed at that. And then about five minutes later, she was like, you know, doodling. And- Peace out. Yeah. <laughs> so, because the movie, for I think for adults, gets very interesting at this point because it's, it's okay, this is, it's a wonderful yeah. life. It's, uh, it's almost um, a little bit of um, uh, ah, a Christmas Carol. It's, it's like, this is your life. You know, like this is, you're seeing yourself from the outside of your body. And like, mm-hmm. you have to like come face to face with like the pain. It's, it's a wonderful life, right? Like the pain of like, you haven't been making all the right decisions and yeah. here, here's what we're going to teach you. And that for adults is like super interesting. Cause like as a 40 something year old, I'm like, yeah, I have, I've made some bad choices and I'm at where I'm at right now. He's th- this movie is kind of a midlife crisis movie. Like he's, mm-hmm. he's, he's like, you know, he's probably about my age, about, about 41. And just like, you know, what have I done with my life? Like, have I, have I done everything I wanted to do? Or am I just like wasting my, my days on this earth? And that's where it got interesting for me. But I think for kids, it's like, she's four. Like she, like, yeah, they don't understand that. <laughs> she's not, they have no concept of that. She's not even lived much of her life yet. So she, I yeah. don't know, like they were going on and on about this. And I was like locked in. I was like, yes, this is speaking my language this is speaking right to me. I'm also a musician um, just like Caitlin is. And so like, I, like I'm, I'm just, I'm on board. I'm like, yes, yes, yes. I love this. And, and Jordan was just like, I, I couldn't care less. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. yeah. So what, um, what are some of the, the fun scenes or it doesn't have to be funny or fun. It could be like, you know, really meaningful scenes, but what do you guys like from this? This is about like the next 40 minutes of the movie, really. Well, yeah, just her like being him and like learning how, like she can't even walk at first and like <laughs> just all the like new things that she's experiencing, like the subway and she picks up the drink from underneath the seat and drinks it because she <laughs> thinks that's what she's supposed to do. <laughs> Cause he's like, where did you get that drink? <laughs> it was really funny to me that J- Jordan didn't laugh at all. She's just like, what? Like, why would you, why would you not pick up a drink from the yeah. <laughs> free drink? And then the like part where, where he's the cat and he's trying to like shave and then it messes up his <laughs> hair. And that part was really funny. Yeah. There's and then some the good part. Me. Yeah. And then the part where like his, his trombone student comes and then yeah. she's just like, well, I'm going to go hang out with her. She's way more fun than you. 
but uh, um that that was kind of a her first like realization like oh there is something to this life like when the trombone player played for her. yeah i i want to talk about connie just for a second um i i wanted more connie in this movie um because yeah like she's the she's quite literally the first character that you ever meet in the movie besides mm-hmm. jo- jo- yeah like and so like i thought okay we're gonna get like a beginning middle and ends scene with her mm-hmm. and so we got her at the beginning we got her in the middle here with this uh scene on on the steps like you just described and then we never got an ending scene and i was like man that would have been a great way to end the movie is like him like you know meeting up with connie and saying hey let's get back to your lessons and let's let's make some music together and like showing yeah. him like playing piano and her like playing the trombone solo jamming out yeah, yeah um yeah. so I, I felt like that was lost as well and i mm-hmm. it, it was cool to see 22 speak to connie in a childlike way really speaking connie's mm-hmm. language um and and yet um i wanted like him to like be more of a um a bystander with it like i wanted him to like see like and hear what they were talking about and stuff like that which i know he kind of gets the gist but I don't know. I, that, that scene was kind of weird, but but I also like really liked Connie a lot. And so I liked that scene and how it like electrified her. Um, so yeah, that, that, Connie's an interesting character for me because I, I wanted to see more of her. But um, what, what else? Grant, we haven't got your thoughts. What what are some interesting kind of funny scenes? Um, or just serious. Wh- when they're leaving the hospital, that's definitely a super funny scene. And then I mean, one of the laugh out loud moments for sure was after he uh, rips his pants in the <laughs> in his suit. Then he goes to his mom's shop to get fixed, and um, he's telling twenty two, you know, this lady. I always give her a kiss, and then twenty two <laughs> just launches in for a full <laughs> on on the lips kiss, <laughs> and this lady is just in love with it and joe's just like what on earth did you just do and that that scene was hilarious her friend her her name was melba or something like that but like melba's friend was like like joe what are you doing and um and melba's like no let him finish yeah (laughs) yeah that was great and then there's the scene with his mom i mean that's like a pretty big scene i feel like yeah because like he finally like like this whole time she's never really like approved of what he does. And so she finally kind of like, you know, shows him that she does approve of it and appreciates it and um, kind of explains, you know, why she feels that way and stuff. So, yeah. that And we see his mom early in the movie, like she's in the first five minutes and, yeah. mm-hmm. and we, the one thing we know about his mom is he, she does not approve of his gigging lifestyle. It, it's not, the, not a way to make money he's offered a full-time job and she's like, you take that job. Like, you know, you you don't, you don't rely on gigging and stuff like that. And, um, and so, yeah, to see her completely flip around and really only because 22 is in control. um, Yeah. mm -hmm. is I think really powerful. Yep. And then he gets his father's suit. Yep. Yeah. So, which is very cool. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. That's, that's a whole nother character. We don't, gets to know very well even through flashbacks there's very short scenes with his dad but um yeah obviously his dad meant a lot to his his musical growth Mm -hmm. and then um 
it we kind of get to the part where um where joe kind of gets the entitlement of because 22 is starting to appreciate things and stuff and then we're really getting to the point where joe feels like well the only reason you're feeling this is because you're in my body oh yeah and so um i knew we'd kind of get to the point um where these two definitely like go their separate ways but i mean they're for a while because there really is no quote-unquote bad guy in this movie right but for that like 15 minute segment or so maybe 20 minutes you definitely could make an argument that joe is the bad guy oh yeah because he literally crushes um 22's hopes and dreams pretty much in like a 20 minute segment yeah yeah that's super smart i I didn't even think about that but yeah you're absolutely right yeah um, like his one job is literally to be a mentor to her and he's he's completely failing just like everyone else did in 22's life and i mean there was a point i mean it's kind of getting to that point where 22 has definitely made her connection with Joe and Joe's made progress that has never happened with 22. I mean, even like when they get back to the you seminar, um, they're just so impressed with Joe because they've had some of the greatest mentors of all time. And none of them have made progress on 22, but Joe did. Yeah, but um, but yeah, then it definitely takes a turn for sure. Which I mean, it's kind of like all all Disney slash Pixar movies. You always get that point where there's going to be some conflict, and yeah. So yeah, I during all that that exchange between the two of them when it when it's just the two of them on the street side of the street or whatever, or walking from one place to another. Uh, I got, I definitely got the distinct feeling of like, they both need this. (laughs) Like this isn't, this isn't for 22's gain. It's, it's also for his gain. Like he's going to become a better person because of all this as well. Um, And I didn't, I thought that might be where the movie was heading, but then once the mentorship thing started, it was like, Oh, maybe not. Like maybe he's just going to be a mentor to this, this kid, you know, this, this wannabe kid. Mm -hmm. And, and then, and then, it was about halfway through the movie. It kind of surprised me. I'm like, Oh, this whole time, like he's actually been, been worked on just as much as she has been. And he's, he's been learning a lot. Um, she basically che- teaches him jazzing what he calls jazzing, um, mm. which is, I mean, essentially that what that word means in, in their context is being childlike and exploring the world. Um, you know, she's you know, drumming on all the metal surfaces and, yeah. uh, you know, uh, you know, laying down on top of a, a vent in the middle of Manhattan, <laughs> which is disgusting, but like letting like the, the, the sewer air, like, you know, fly through her uh, suit and stuff like that as, as she's in uh, Joe's body and, and like just experiencing this world, you know, she's never seen clouds before. She's never seen, you know, leaves before. She's never seen sun. Yeah. Experienced sun. She's never, she's tasted, never ate pizza. Yeah. I was just going to say that she's never tasted pizza, pizza. Or, or smelled it. Um, You know, like, it's a uh, she's jazzing like she's just kind of making things up as she goes along, um, which, you know, that's when people think about the word jazz, obviously they think about music, but they think about like 
improv yeah Mm -hmm. improvisation and she's improving like life (laughs) she's like jazzing life basically is what she's doing yeah Um, and i i think the that metaphor that connection between music and living life i think is super powerful like like yeah only for adults only adults are going to catch it but yeah you know what i mean so yeah yeah, I think another really big scene where, like, you know, they both kind of start to realize stuff is, like, where they're at the barber shop. Oh, I love that scene. Because, like, I mean, like, he really, like, shows, like, you know, because he was, like, talking about how he wanted to be a veterinarian. And they're like, well, why didn't you do that? And, you know, he was like, well, I had to take care of my family and, you know, and on and on and on. And barber school was cheaper or whatever. And yeah. he's like, well, well, don't you feel like you didn't do your purpose or you're not happy? And he was just like, no, like, I love what I do. I get to talk to people like you, you know? So it's just like showing that, you know, even if you didn't follow your dream and or do what you thought was your purpose, like you can still find happiness and still like find content, you know, and be happy in the world. So I thought that was another kind of pretty like big moment too, where they both kind of realized like, oh, you know, there's more to living than, you know, meeting your dream. Yeah. So. And, I, and I'm probably revealing too much about myself by saying the, this next statement, but like uh, there is like a midlife kind of nature to this, this movie of like, it's never too late to find your spark in, in life. Mm-hmm. You know, like, um, yeah. you know, he's, he's 40, you know, J- Joe's like, you know, middle age basically, but like he, he can find his spark at 40. Like he, he doesn't have to like, you know, it's not over. He's not, life's not over just because it half, yeah. you know, he's halfway through life or whatever. And it's the same thing happened to Des, the, the barber um, that he goes to, he's been going to that barber shop for 20 years or longer. Like, I mean, he's probably mm-hmm. like a kid when he was going there and yeah. he's known Des all his life. And he's like, he's like, I never knew you wanted to be a, a, a vet. He's like, well, you never asked me, you know, it's like, yeah, you know, mm-hmm. life happens around you and, and you've been missing out on it this whole time. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I love the jazzing thing. I love that barbershop scene. By the way, one of the guys in the barbershop, I like, I, I immediately recognized his voice, and I was just like, "I know you." And so, like, I looked it up, and um, sure enough, it was um, the guy that played uh, Thomas Jefferson in Hamilton. Um, oh, really? Yeah. yeah which you That's can also funny. catch. You can also catch on Disney Plus as well. But um, uh, yeah, uh, David Diggs um, is his name. So That's awesome. Yeah, he has a very, very unique voice. Um, he's kind of, kind of got that, um, you know, Alexander Hamilton, like that, that kind yeah. of like kind of you know uh, almost nasally kind of voice. And mm-hmm. when he, when he's when he started talking, I was like, oh, that's I know you, I know who you are. So, um, mm. so yeah, um, I want to talk. We'll talk at the end, just so kind of keep the flow that we've got going right now. But I want to talk at the end about a black cast, because I think that's um, even if the movie is not good, which I think the movie is good. um, I think the fact that it has a a Pixar has a black cast, I think, is is notable. Like, I think it's it's historic, but we'll talk about that here at the end. But I think the barbershop scene for me was like, oh, man, this movie is very black um, and I'm I'm digging it. So, yeah. but uh, let's see. So, yeah, he gets the suit, um, goes, uh, plays the gig, obviously, um, has a great time. He's obviously in the zone <laughs> uh, as he's playing. And uh, well, they get caught by Terry first. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Cause, yeah. Cause 22 goes back up to the. That's right. Seminar. Yeah. 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 Um, uh, sends them both back um, 
to you seminar and mm-hmm. um big surprise i think in this scene um so, something i didn't see coming right that second was i knew it would happen eventually obviously because it's a disney film but uh 20 who already got her spark like they they go back to um the U seminar and her badge is like completely filled in, um, which obviously shocks everybody. But yeah, I was like to Caitlin when that happened, I was like, she got her spark. And then, (laughs) but yeah, that's, it really sets the table for the scene where Joe really is very mean to 22. Yeah. When they return to the U seminar. Yeah. Because like um, there's a we kind of skipped over it, but there's a moment where 22s where he's like they they find um, uh, Moonwinds and he's like if if you guys will meet meet me here at 6:30, I love how he calls it like the government calls it 6:30. This guy's yeah. like this guy is a total crackpot. But um, yeah. <laughs> anyway, he says uh, let's meet at what the government calls 6:30, and so they meet him before the gig. So like he has to be there at seven, right, for sound check or early. Yeah. And, and so um, they, they get there and he's like, okay, you know, time to go back. Like, let's, you know, let's fix this and get back into our proper bodies. And she's like, no, I'm not. And I'm she not runs going off. Back. Yeah. And I thought that was, that was a cool scene. Like, she's just like, no, like this is everything. I, I didn't expect any of this. And I, life is so much more worth living than I ever thought. And like what anyone ever explained to me. Um, and she doesn't want to go back. And obviously Terry, you know changes that but um yeah she doesn't even want to go back at first so they get back she has her uh earth pass filled out she's um good to go she's she can go and you know be born as a baby and everything like that and um uh she doesn't want to she throws her earth pass at joe and says you can have it i'm you know i'm just gonna i'm just gonna stay here um you know um that I think she's just kind of been burned out on the whole, the whole thing. And yeah. so she's like, you can have my earth pass, you know, get to your, get back to your body and just live your life and just leave me alone. And, um, and then he ends up going back and jumps back into his body and plays the gig. Um, let's see what happens next. Um, oh, that's when he goes home. So like he plays the gig. We kind of already talked about that exchange between him and Dorothea um, but she kind of inspires him to like look at you know life as like a moment to moment experience and then he goes home and sees like all the knickknacks like she's 22 like collected all these like worthless I mean they're worth everything to her but like they're worthless yeah. little, little like trash items um, from her time on her short time on earth and um, starts to play some music and um, is recalling like it's you know playing back all these like conversations that they had um, he remembers her saying, you know, maybe sky watching can be my purpose or maybe walking. I'm really good at walking. Um, and, and he was like, no, those are just everyday life. Yeah. That's just, that's just living. That's just regular old living. Um, and then he's like, wait a second, <laughs> maybe regular old living is like the main purpose, you know, um, just experiencing life is, is kind of the point. So, yeah. Um, he goes to the zone. Of course, this starts a, a big chase. See, you got to have a big chase sequence, I guess, in a kid's movie. But they, uh, 22 has been a lost soul. They have to find her. Uh, they finally, um, obviously, find her. And then she eats Joe, which I wasn't mm-hmm. expecting. <laughs> um, and then Joe, like, it basically becomes a flip-flop where, like, Joe gets inside 22's mind and starts hearing all the things that 
she's been told like you'll never find your spark you have no purpose um you know Gandhi and Mother Teresa all these terrible (laughs) terrible people have been telling her that she has like no reason to live basically um and um then um then what happens uh Joe what happened next then then Joe basically like makes the sacrifice Oh he yeah. Sends, he he just says he's gonna send her to Earth, and that he's already lived, and now it's her turn. Yeah, he basically sacrifices his life at that point. Yeah, mm-hmm. like here you have the badge, you go live your life. Um, you know, I I already cheated death once. Like I'm I'm done. Um, I'm just gonna go back, go up to the great beyond. So, um, and then like I think that the main Jerry, there's like several Jerry's, but like the main Jerry like finds him and says, hey, like. Yes, you're supposed to go to the Great Beyonds, but we handled that. Uh, we took care of Terry for you, and uh, we're going to give you a second chance at life. And he Which goes, that, that part's really funny, too. Yeah. Where they <laughs> just distract Terry. Distract him. <laughs> yeah. No, I thought that was really great. Um, so, yeah, that's basically the movie. Um, I, I was pleasantly surprised uh, by the time I got to the end of it. Uh, like I said, it was touch and go for me. The first 25 minutes, I was like... I was really in for the first five, uh, maybe 10 minutes. And then they started getting into all the weeds and I got lost for about 20 minutes straight. And then, uh, but then that hospital scene when they like, it's the cat human swap freaky Friday. I was like, Mm -hmm. okay, all right, I'm back in. And I was pretty much in from that point uh, forward. And the ending really surprised me um, as far as like how powerful it was. Like it was almost emotional at the end Um, in Pixar does this every time, so I shouldn't have been surprised. But I, I was uh, I was very p- pleased um, by most of the ends. I, I wanted to see more at the end, like we all kind of agreed. But you know, as far as like the the message of the movie, I thought it was very well delivered. Um, so um, there's definitely I haven't we haven't talked about Inside Out. Um, have you seen Inside Out, Caitlin? Mm-mm. Okay, so Inside Out is it's another Pixar movie. Obviously, uh, it's probably one of their lesser revered ones i haven't looked at like re- review scores but i don't hear a lot of people talking about inside out um i think a lot of that is because it is very nebulous um it's basically what life is like inside of a child's head and like she has like all these compartments of her brain like the fun side uh the silly side the uh defiant side you know all the and then all these emotions like anger and joy and sadness and um it kind of uh shows like what the more ethereal part of, of being a human is like that there's more to you than just flesh and bones, but there's like what makes you, you is all the stuff that's inside. Um, that's the, the name inside out. And so uh, this movie is very comparable, I think to inside out while being completely different. I mean, this, this movie is about the afterlife and about pre-life and stuff like that. Whereas this movie inside out doesn't touch any of that stuff, but there definitely are some comparisons to make. And it's definitely not Pixar's first rodeo when it comes to the surreal. Um, and so I think inside out is a good uh, comparison. I already mentioned freaky Friday. I think there's a little bit of Coco in this and I'll talk about Coco here at the end of the show today, but I just now saw Coco like literally um, last night. And so uh coco is about a musician that's not supposed to be a musician because his family doesn't want him to be and so like i uh I, like as i was watching i watched coco on friday night and then i watched soul on saturday and uh, so like those comparisons are, are very apt for me but 
you have, if you haven't seen Coco in three years, you probably didn't even think about Coco, but I did think about it as I was watching um, Soul. So yeah, there's several comparisons to make, I think. Okay, I have to make one more comment. Yeah. So when the movie was first starting and like the, you know, the Disney castles coming up and it's playing the little song. Oh, yeah. And I was just like, what is that awful noise that's happening? And I was like, it literally sounds like a sixth grade band. And it like haunts me in my nightmares because I've always like been afraid that I would be forced to teach band. And that sound just just makes me shudder. (laughs) Anyways, I was like, that literally sounds like a sixth grade band. And then it like opened and it was like, he teaches middle school band. And I was like, it all makes sense now. (laughs) I, I'm glad you brought that up because I um, I wanted to bring that up maybe towards the beginning of our discussion. I, I kind of forgot, but um, you, you as a music teacher, you know, we talked talked about that at the top of the show that you basically teach you teach the same group of kids that he does. You teach other groups too, but yeah. um, how did this impact you as a as a music teacher? Um, how how was how did the the movie like hit you, inspire you, that kind of thing? Well, I just think like I mean for him like I, like it just makes you realize that like you impact a lot more people than I think you even realize. Like, Mm. I mean, like the fact that like, you know, that guy that he taught, he's like the drummer for this huge jazz star now. And it's like, you know, and he literally said to him at one point in the movie, like your class is the reason why I went to school every day. Yeah. And like that, like it literally just makes you want to cry because you know that there's kids like that, you know, in your class that like, that's why they come to school every day or that, you know, your class is their favorite class. So, I mean, it definitely like inspired me and made me think, you know, you know, there probably are a lot of kids out there that, you know, love music or, you know, have, I've made a difference that I don't even know. So, and like Connie too, like, I mean, she was a huge, you know, a big part of the movie too. And one that he definitely, I think made a difference in. So. I I think if you're a a teacher at all, this movie probably hits you pretty hard. Um, if you're a music yeah. teacher, I think it hits you really, really hard. And yeah, it's, it's, um, it's one of those things where like, like you, Caitlin, when you were a kid, like growing up in junior high and high school, your music, your choir teacher probably meant a lot to you. And yeah. that's something that you've probably had a chance to tell her because you've actually like worked alongside her <laughs> in your career. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, like um, it's even though you've experienced personally you forget it you forget it right like i mean it's it's middle of october and it's a tuesday and you're going to work and it's just like i'm just going to work today like yeah. i'm not i'm not trying to put words in your mouth i'm just saying like that's what i would do i i would mm-hmm. go to work because it's tuesday and that's what you yeah. do tuesday yeah so but yep, for definitely but, but for some kid it's not just a tuesday it's 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 something that like literally could change their life or inspire them to to choose music as a career or um, to find a love of music that they didn't realize that they had. Like, like you, mm-hmm. you have impact as a teacher, whether you realize it or not, it's there. Yeah. And I think mm-hmm. the, the whole point of the movie is realize it, <laughs> realize that you have impact, that you, that you're making a difference and that life matters, you know? Yep. So. Definitely. Yep. Um, I do want to have just a ever so brief discussion on uh, just the, the blackness of the movie. Cause I, I think, especially in 2020, I think this is like a really prominent thing. And they were, they were working on this movie before um, George Floyd, before black lives matter. I mean, they, they've, they probably started this movie four years ago, maybe longer. Um, so it, the timing of it, I think is really interesting to me, but um, 
so I looked this up because I, I wasn't entirely sure, but uh, from what I read, it's true. Pixar's never had a black lead character ever. Like th- I think this is their 25th movie or whatever it is. They've never mm-hmm. had, they've never had a black actor as, as the, the lead, like the main character. Um, now most, a lot of their characters have been like, you know, like uh, Woody is a white character, like a white toy, you know, like, so it doesn't make sense for some of them, but like, I, it was very striking to me. Like, I didn't realize that Jamie Foxx is quite literally like their first black lead that they've ever had. Um, and then not just that, but like actually doubling down and like making the entire cast black. Um, now Tina Fey is not black. Obviously she's a white woman and they actually have a joke about that in the movie, which I chuckled at cause I knew it was Tina Fey, but um, yeah. Like he first meets 22. And he's like, why do you sound like a middle-aged white woman? Uh, but uh, uh, yeah, that other, was funny. other than that, it, it really is mostly a black, maybe entirely a black cast. Um, I realized that when he was with his family and friends, I realized that what, when he was at, in the barber shop and um, you know, maybe the Jerry's and stuff are, you know, white, are white, white actors, but they're so small characters that all of the prominent character, almost all the prominent characters of obviously Tina Fey excluded are black. And um, I think that's, um, I, I think that's, if nothing else, noteworthy, like it's, it's historically interesting to me that um, Pixar, um, I don't want to say finally, but like, I mean, it is 2020 and like other motion picture studios have done this a lot earlier. Like you think about like a shark's tail or like other movies that like have like black actors kind of prominently leading the cast. And it is interesting to me that they are just now doing it. Now, am I saying like, oh, Pixar is a bad company because it it took them this long? No, absolutely not. Like any company can make any decision that they want. And if they don't want to cast a black person, they don't have to, and they shouldn't feel obligated. But like, I, I do think it's interesting that, they are starting to do that and um, just went like full in, like let's just embrace black culture and talk about jazz music and um, you know, what it's like to grow up as a black male, like learning music and being inspired by music. And he talks about like the rap band that he was a part of when he was a little kid and yeah. mm-hmm. all, this, all this stuff. Like, I was just like, this is cool. Like, this is very cool um, that Pixar would do something like this. And um I guess I just want to say, I, I hope we see more of it. I, you know, not that their next movie has to have a black lead. I'm just saying like, you know, it's, it's cool that they're exploring. We've got the same thing with Coco. Like Coco is unabashedly a Hispanic film. It just is from beginning to end. And mm-hmm. I, I like that they're exploring other cultures. I think Disney has been doing this for a long time. Like, you know, we got um, Aladdin, Mulan. Pocahontas. Pocahontas. Exactly. Um, Lion King to a certain, uh, I mean, it's animals, but like, it is like African culture. Um, I, I, I don't know. I like, and then the Marvel movies have done this with Black Panther. I think, I think they're, they're getting, we're getting better at telling stories that are outside of just white America. And I think seeing this, like, you know, Harlem, you know, Manhattan kind of lifestyle told from a black perspective, I think is, is really cool and really important. So, um, I'm sure you guys agree, but do you guys have, have anything to add? I talked a lot there. Uh, not really. Um, I thought it was well done. Um, definitely not what, I mean, I don't really know what I expected. Like I knew like the main point of the movie kind of, but I mean the previews, I mean, going back and looking at the previews, it doesn't really 
tell too much of what's going to happen in this movie. Yeah, you're right. But I mean, it was good. Um, probably not like my favorite Pixar movie of all time, but I mean, not my least favorite either. Yeah, I feel like I'm about the same there. What? What's how? What? Yeah, c- continue. Sorry. I would say it's probably in the middle. I mean, I'm somebody that I absolutely love Finding Nemo, Finding Dory. Love those. Uh, um, I love The Incredibles, both of those. Yeah. Um, the cars are good. Monst- I mean, it's just hard to pick, honestly, a favorite Pixar movie. Oh, yeah. Um, their, their whole catalog. There, there's some... I was looking at their Rotten Tomatoes like list, just kind of skimming it. They have almost half of their movies are in the nineties. Half. Yeah. Like it's find another, another motion picture studio. That's, that's responsible for that many 90 X movies. You know, like I, I couldn't believe it. Like, like two of the toy story movies are a hundred or a hundred percent on Rotten Tomatoes. So um, this one currently has a, like a 97 as we're recording this. So uh, they're, they're just not, I don't know that they're really capable outside of cars. (laughs) They don't seem to be really even capable of coming up with movies that are like in the 60s, 70s. um, Yeah. Wait, cars is in the 60s and 70s. Oh, I have no doubt that it is. I cars, cars three and cars two probably almost certainly are. Yeah. I I just kind of skimmed it earlier, but um, yeah. Um, Let's see. Look it up real quick. Cars two, 74%. That's even that seems high. To me, I thought I honestly thought it would be lower than that. Oh, the original Cars is seventy four percent. I don't know what Cars two is. Um, oh, 39%. 39 percent, thirty nine. So they they do release some duds. Cars two was the one with um, the uh, like espionage, like spy aspect of it. that movie. Yeah. Not very good. Um, but uh, I for the most part, their movies are really stellar. And I'm going to talk about one here in a second when we do what else we've been watching, but um uh holy cow like this movie like really hit i think pretty hard but again i don't think it's for kids like i just don't think that kids are going to get any of the stuff that we talked about um tonight let's oh we, we forgot to have that discussion we'll end on this um and then we'll get to the end of the show but um did this movie why was it why was this movie animated i guess is my main question um i think this, it was because of the you um what's it called again the you Station. seminar 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 like yeah. i don't think they could have pulled that off in live action in live action like it wouldn't have been as like cool i don't think like it would have been kind of dumb i think yeah i do and like i mean uh going off like the lost souls i mean i feel like that would have been like terrifying if um it was live action yeah because then you're i mean if if that's the way you want to go, I mean, then you're looking at it really is not kid friendly. Yeah, like it's um, gonna be like creepy. Because like <laughs> like for a instance, we uh, at school, of course, we've been watching Christmas movies, and we watched. I showed my class of middle schoolers the new Christmas Carol, or I say new. Um, it's the Jim Carrey one that came out in like 2009. And that most definitely is not kid friendly whatsoever. <laughs> I mean, there there are scenes in that, and this is a full on Disney movie. And but there's scenes in that where 
my middle schoolers were just like creeped out by it. Yeah. That movie is pretty scary in the visual department sometimes. Yeah. So it's just kind of like one of those things where um, there are aspects of this that could really creep kids out and really not make it a family friendly movie. Yeah. I, uh, I, about halfway through the film, especially when Jordan was checking out, I was like, man, they really, the trailers, the marketing, they, they, they sold McDonald's toys. If you guys can believe that, like they, they were, they were back in the summer when the movie was supposed to come out, McDonald's, it was too late to change McDonald's um, plan for like happy meals. And so mm-hmm. like Jordan got like soul toys. Like she got like a, like a Joe Gardner toy in her, in her happy meal. Mm-hmm. they wanted kids to watch this movie and yeah and they were t- they were they were marketing marketing it to children and you know kids bring your parents type of thing i can't imagine this movie coming out in theaters and kids telling other kids to go see it i i, I yeah I, I just don't think it's definitely it's that not captivating of a movie for, for, for kids which led me to the question at the end of like did this have to be animated like is it i think one of the biggest tra- tragedies of this movie is that it, it came out to disney plus you're not going to see this in theaters unless, you know, you're living in an area where, you know, theaters are open and they're showing it, but, um, and adults are just going to pass on it because they're going to say, Oh, it's animated. I'm, I'm not going to watch this one. And, and fail to realize that this movie's for them. It's not for their kids. Yeah. So it's interesting. I, this cause it's a really fantastic story. It's, it's basically, it's a, it's a wonderful life, but kind of redone, but um, it's, it's a fantastic story about, uh, about this middle-aged man going through midlife crisis basically and like rethinking his life and because it's an, in an animated format so many adults aren't even going to ever watch it so hopefully they they watch it just because they love pixar and that's what brings them to the table but yeah so cool well i want to end with what else have you been watching on disney plus i um, i know we've been watching a lot of disney plus since it's uh, christmas and the holidays and stuff like that and uh, I finally got around to watching Coco, which came out three years, more than three years ago, it came out in 2017. I just now got to watch it. Um, part of the reason, one of the main reasons we hadn't watched it until now, we could have watched it without Jordan, but uh, we didn't want Jordan to watch it um, when she was like one, two <clears throat> and three years old, um, because it does deal with like death and uh, skeletons make up most of the cast. Um, so it's like, mm-hmm. uh, it's not scary skeletons and i think i think now that we've watched it i think i would recommend it for anyone that's like has kids that are like maybe four or five and older uh, i still would not recommend it for anything lower than that a because i don't think they're going to be able to understand we had to like pause the movie several times and explain to jordan what was happening in the film because she was like she's like wait why did he do that or why did he say that so we were like explaining it to her as we were watching it but um it definitely would have been scary for her to watch it when she was three and so we did not watch it. Um, she saw uh, a picture of one of the characters and she's like, daddy, can I watch that? And I said, well, you're four and a half now. I said, let's, let's give it a shot. And I'm so glad we did. Uh, I'm telling you guys, Coco is probably the best movie I saw this year other than Hamilton. Um, I, I was super crazy about Hamilton when it came out. And honestly, I'm just as crazy about Coco. That movie is so, so good. So good. It's really, really great. It's one of Pixar's best films in my opinion. I'm probably coming off of a high from watching that movie and have some recency bias going on, but I would probably rank that in their top five films for me. Um, that movie hit me hard. I was, um, I, I don't do this very often and Grant, Grant don't laugh at me, but I did cry at the end of Coco. 
Um, that final scene, have you guys seen it? Yes. yes. Okay. That final scene, I guess I'm going to spoil the ending of Coco. So fast forward a minute if you haven't seen it and don't want to be spoiled. But um, the, the final scene where um, Miguel sings Remember Me to his great-grandmother who has dementia. Like she has like Alzheimer's mm-hmm. and she's he starts singing the words. She's not said hardly any human words like the entire movie, but she remembers the words of the song and starts singing the, the words with her and a smile comes to her face. I, I cried. I was like, man, that is like unbelievably powerful. If you have any family member that's gone through Alzheimer's, I have multiple times. Um, but like, I'm, I'm not like Hispanic, but I am like half Portuguese. My, my dad is 100% Portuguese. My grandmother, of course, was the same. And I grew, so I grew up like around a very Catholic grandmother who did the rosary beads and did the uh, prayers to Mary and, you know, Hail Marys and, and crossing her, you know, chest every time she bowed her head. And like, I kind of grew up around that culture. So this movie is like a trifecta for me. It was like Hispanic culture, very Catholic culture uh, uh, mixed with music and like, you know, being like the musician of the family and people telling you that you shouldn't play music because you can't make a living of it. Uh, also mixed with like family of that has dementia and Alzheimer's and stuff like that. And I've experienced all three of those things. And so like I came, I finished the movie and I I had tears like coming down my face. And I was just like, that movie was fantastic. (laughs) It was so, so good. I was really changed by it. Um, I'm ready to watch it again, like immediately. So uh, if you've not, if you slept on Coco because you thought it was like a silly, like Halloween movie for kids, uh, boy, you have really missed out big time. I know I have over the last few years. I definitely should have seen this when it first came out and I probably would have seen it five times since then. Um, definitely watch Coco. It's it's one of the best things I've seen all year. And um, to me, it's a better movie than Soul, although I really like Soul. Um, I think Coco has a much better... I won't spend another 15 minutes you know, talking about Coco. We can do that on some other episode if we really want to. But um, it, I think the message of Coco and how it impacts i think an audience i think is much more focused than soul and it's a lot more easy it's a lot easier for kids to pick up i think um, which is why i think it, it meant a lot to us when we were watching it um and i will say this animated or not this movie has more freaking twists in it than any other movie i've ever seen in my life i there were at least i counted at least four uh during the movie where you think one thing is true and then oh Nope, the movie subverts you. And, Just kidding. Yep, nope, that's not true at all. And uh, like, we were, that's why we were having to pause it for Jordan because we we're like, okay, remember how you thought this was true? Okay, that's, that's not true anymore. Um, and so um, I, the movie with its twists and its storytelling and the, and the cast, the freaking cast is so good and the visuals and how gorgeous everything looks. Like it looks like Day of the Dead come alive. I, I can see why the Hispanic culture... Uh, just really wrapped their arms around this thing and mm-hmm. and hugged it tight because it's it is really that that fantastic and that honoring of a film for them so uh, if you have not seen coco please see it um uh, the last thing i'll say about it is not actually about the movie itself and i think it's just an interesting point um we finished coco and at the end of the movie it said since you watched coco would you like to watch coco and it's and it was coco in spanish and Jordan, and Jordan saw it. She can't read. So she saw it. And she's, <laughs> she's like, she's like, oh, um, I want to see this, the sequel, Daddy. I didn't know they had a sequel. And I said, well, that's not a sequel. I, she watches Toy Story and it says, since you watched Toy Story, 
do you want to watch toy story 2 next mm-hmm. because she thought it was a sequel i was like it's not a sequel it's the same movie and then jessica goes wait why is there a second movie on the service <laughs> like, couldn't you just watch that movie in spanish because they have su- spanish subtitles that you can watch yeah you can watch toy story 4 in spanish if you want you just switch it to spanish so i was like why would they reset a whole separate movie and here's the answer i looked it up you can watch the coco spanish version or the coco english version they're two separate movies on the service the movies are exactly the same they have all the same lines it's not a different movie um what pixar did and i love pixar for this they what they did is they, they knew it was going to have such an impact on a spanish audience mexican whatever argentinian whatever country you're from that they made a spanish version of coco with spanish visuals so if you see something in the movie and you're watching it in america um it'll it'll have words on the screen for like the name of a restaurant or you know uh, a road sign will say go this way or something like that and it's written in english so it's mm-hmm. it's taking place in uh mexico but it's the all, every, all the visuals are in english because it's it's being spoken in english that pixar literally animated the movie differently for a spanish audience hmm. that's crazy that's interesting yeah and I, like i've never heard of anyone doing that ever like i i'm sure there's an example out there somewhere i'm missing but they literally were they animated two films now probably granted like 94% of the movie is probably exactly the same shot for shot, mm-hmm. but that other five or 6%, they completely animated different visuals for the Spanish uh, speaking oh. audience. So that's I very thought, interesting. I thought that was, um, that's why there are two versions on the, on the service that you can watch. Um, I think that is so impressive um, that a, com- a company would say, yes, we could literally just put like subtitles on the screen, but we're not going to do that we're going to treat this with care for this audience. And yes, we're going to have to burn an extra million dollars, maybe on this, (laughs) like, you know, animating all these different scenes and, and, you know, bouncing this other version of the movie out there, Um, you know, uh, getting it into onto DVDs and Blu-rays. They spent a ton of money doing that, but for them it was worth it because they wanted to deal with this culture with the utmost respect. I, I, I can't respect that enough about Pixar. So, so Pretty cool. It's a Pixar uh, friendly podcast today for sure. <laughs> um, you guys have anything you wanted to mention about what, what you've been watching? Mm, I mean, we haven't been watching really that much on uh, Disney Plus. We, of course, watched pretty much every Disney Christmas movie that they had to offer. Um <laughs> We watched both Home Alones. We watched Santa Claus. Oh, yeah. We watched I'll Be Home for Christmas. We probably watched close to 10 Disney Christmas movies this month. So that's pretty much what we've been watching. Yeah. Disney owns a lot of those now, especially since they acquired Fox. Cool. Well, I think that probably about does it for the show. Um, We, I'll be honest, we don't have an idea for next week. Um, We kind of talked about about a couple of ideas before we started the show, but never really finalized anything. Um, if you have an idea for what you want to hear about next week on the show, uh, let us know. You can email us Disney plus reviews at hotmail.com. Um, that's in the, sh- that link is in the show notes, but it's P L U S all spelled out Disney plus reviews at hotmail.com. Let us know something that you have been watching on Disney plus and you want us to hear us talk about, or uh, something that, you know, if you want to submit your own review, we'll play it on the show. So, Definitely let us know. We'd love to include you. We love uh, hearing from our listeners. Uh, next week on the show, 
Grant and I will figure something out. Uh, we'll, we'll watch something and, and talk about it. It might be something old, something new, um, but we'll, we'll uh, do that. And then in a couple of weeks, we might have a kind of a fun special show. I don't want to spoil anything just yet because we're still working out the details, but I'm working on uh, doing something a little different for the show uh, here in a couple of weeks. And then in three weeks, it's going to be WandaVision time. And I'm sure we'll probably spend an, <laughs> that whole episode just talking about WandaVision. Um, Here's, here's my, my thing on the Marvel stuff this year, because there's going to be a ton of Marvel stuff. I would like for us to review every episode of the, the Marvel stuff, but maybe in the same way that we did Mandalorian, where it doesn't take up the whole episode. So I, I like still reviewing and watching movies and stuff like that on the show. Mm-hmm. And so I think what we do is maybe, you know, I think first episodes and final episodes probably will warrant an entire podcast episode discussion but um like the middle episodes of shows probably just do like 20 or 30 minutes and then review a movie as well kind of like what we were doing with the mandalorian um we'll kind of feel feel that as we go but so um so yeah so that's what that's the next few weeks at least um what's coming up january 15th that that weekend obviously is a big weekend so cool well thank you caitlin thank you grant for uh joining me i thought this was a really great discussion on soul yeah, yeah, no problem. You guys are awesome. Um, we will see you next week for whatever we come up with. We'll talk to you then. Bye.